Yo, boys. Matt, Sarah, and Aljo Sterling at a Christmas party. <laughs> Matt, Sarah, everybody. <laughs> what is up, guys? Welcome back to the Smash Cast. It is Smash. Saturday, and we are looking forward to a full year of fight ahead of us. It is the first Smashcast episode of 2021. Welcome back to the podcast. So we will be today previewing our, uh, this is from 2021, who we think is going to be the champion of every weight class and prospects to look out for, storylines to look out for, covering some news as we usually do. And then of course, we're going to be previewing next week's return to Fight Island and uh, Holloway against Cater pretty decent card to start off the year good way to kind of ramp our way up into uh into a big conor mcgregor fight so let's just i guess get started right off on our 2021 preview sounds like a plan yeah so what we're going to be doing here we're going to go through every weight class and we're going to be talking about some prospects to look out for maybe not always prospects it's just some guys that we really think are going to make a splash and bring their name up in uh, in 2021 and then move into who we think is going to be the champion at the end of 2021 in that weight class. So let's start right at the very bottom of the men's uh, divisions at men's 125, men's flyweight. So prospects, uh, our, what we, I think it's pretty consensus, but you guys can bring up some other names if you guys like, what, who, what we think is a guy to look out for who hasn't quite made as big of a splash as you might expect is Askar Askarov. He is a Russian, I believe, Dagestani fighter. He is deaf, but this man has not yet lost in the UFC. I think he's had a draw, but I don't think he's lost yet. He is a, has amazing wrestling. Um, he's a guy to watch out for. He has, and he has a fight coming up quite soon, actually. Mm-hmm. Honestly, anyone, um, in that, anyone in that division who is not the champion, to me, kind of feels like a prospect because they just don't market them very very much like i'm looking down the list yeah. of uh, of names and i mean like look you've got who i recognize as moreno but that's not the marketing that's because he just fucking fought like the fight of his life yeah uh, Benavide, benavidez and he's like you know he's been around a long time he's a legend uh, alex perez and uh you know some guy like brandon royval like these names are like these are names that like people who really pay attention know but uh they really are marketing these guys. So anyone who's like halfway decent uh, in, the, in the division who's not the champion, you could argue as a prospect because they have mm-hmm. the potential to, uh, you know, rise up and make a name for themselves just off their own merits because the UFC is not going to do it for them. So, yeah, when you look at Askar, I mean, this guy's 12-0-1, so he's never, he has, he's actually undefeated. He's had one draw. That draw was against that aforementioned Brandon Moreno. Uh, that was his first fight in the UFC in September 2019. Since then, he's had two other fights in the UFC, one against Tim Elliott and one against, Al- one against uh, Alexander Pantoja, both of which he won by unanimous decision. I mean, he's definitely right on that. He's on one of those shortlisted guys for the title shot, and he will be fighting quite soon, I believe. Who is he fighting against? Uh, Joseph Benavidez. Joseph Benavidez. I mean, he, if he's fighting Joseph Benavidez, this is not going to be until, I think, March. But regardless, if he wins that fight, it's done, right? Joseph Benavidez just is coming off of a title or two title shot losses against mm-hmm. uh, against the current champ Figueiredo. Meanwhile, Moreno is going to get that rematch, and I think Askar Askarov, if he wins against Joseph Benavidez, he's easily next in line for the winner of 
the Moreno against uh, Figueiredo too. No disagreements mm-hmm. here. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. I thought that uh, uh, like Benavidez, I didn't think we were going to see him for a long time. I didn't know if we were going to see him at all. At all. I, I, I thought he was going to retire. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was done. So uh, I don't see – if he loses this fight, especially if he loses it in like a serious fashion, I do not see a, a, a path forward for him. Yeah, and I think sure it's just, he's just going to be hurting himself for what he's going to gain. No, I will say Ascar is a good guy for him to fight because he's a wrestler, right? He's not quite as punishing as a Figueiredo. He's not going to go and knock him mm-hmm. out in the first round like Figueiredo did. So I do right. think at the very least, Joseph might be completely dominated. He might be ragdolled all over the place, but he's not going to take insane, brutal punishment in this fight, um, which he's taken too much of in recent memory or over the course mm-hmm. of his entire career, to be honest. Yeah. So best of luck to him, but, um, you know, I don't think this is the year of. I don't think this is the year of Benavides. This is the year of Mm -hmm. Oscar Askarov, maybe. Yeah, well, we'll see. Speaking of that 125 pound division, I don't. I think we have a bit of a short list for who we think is going to be the champion. So of course we have the current champion Figueiredo, and he's looking almost unbeatable. However, Mm -hmm. of course, as we know, Brandon Moreno just fought him to a to a draw. Granted, a draw because of the uh, point deduction. Exactly. So the question is, do you think a Moreno learned enough that he might be able to actually beat Figueiredo the second time. And B, maybe you have to think about maybe Figueiredo learned enough about Moreno that he'd actually be able to put him out the second time more easily. And if you look at that fifth round, it was Figueiredo putting it on Moreno for that fifth round, right? It was Figueiredo mm-hmm. finishing off. And that was coming off of, of uh, two, two week weight cuts in three weeks because it's coming off that horrible stomach virus he had the night before we were he was hospitalized. I mean, do you guys think anybody is going to take this belt away from Figueiredo? Or do you guys think that Figueiredo is going to end off the year's champ? It's tough to say. I mean, he is mm-hmm. he's in there looking like an animal. I mean, geez, the last guy, the last guy that came in and rematched him, um, came in looking scared. <laughs> yes, so... the guy that the guy that rematched him also got knocked out in the first round on the previous. Yeah, time. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that. That's fair. Just seems like people spend you know a couple of rounds fighting Figueiredo, and uh, they they get a little scared, <laughs> and I don't blame them because he is a, a terrifying little man. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, like, I, I really looking at all the champions right now, I see him as having a very high relative likelihood of maintaining his champ status through the year. Adam, who, mm-hmm. do, do, do you see Moreno and maybe, I guess, Askarov in the future being able to take that belt away from Figueiredo or from Figueiredo? Uh, um, I'm not sure. I, I, I kind of agree with Noah and I think that Figgy will end the year as champion, but I have to say that Moreno will probably be his toughest test in the new year. Like I want to see that'll be his, well, I want to say that'll be his most competitive fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I have to agree with you. I do think that Askarov, while he has a great wrestling game, Figueiredo has crazy scrambling ability, and his ability to find submissions is such that even if Askarov is able to get him to, into those crazy scrambles, you never know when Figueiredo is going to just find some sneaky Darce choke or a crazy guillotine out of nowhere in those scrambles. And just end it just like that, just like he did against Alex Perez just a few weeks before that Moreno fight. So I really just think that Figueiredo, he has so many ways to win. He's brimming with confidence. He's he's kind of, he's finally kind of settled into his own. I really think that he's going to be a tough guy um, to take that belt away from. I think he's going to have at least another year of, of, of reign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well put. I agreed. All right, I well, we're, all, move, uh, yeah, we're on agreement. Now. Let's move up to 135, maybe a little bit more of an interesting division. I think this is potentially the hottest division in the UFC. Of course, the 155 division, as we know, has been the best division in the world for 
God knows how long. Um, and I think I still think it is, but there is a bit of a hipster argument to say that 135 might actually be better than 155. And it They're definitely is, I definitely will say it's the hottest division. It's the division that when you look at two years ago versus now, I mean, the mm. growth, the, 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 the prospects, the, the youth that is in this division is just mm. so exciting. And so when you're looking at these prospects, you have so many to look at. Um, we're looking look at, at the full top 15 is yeah, like, a, it's, it's like a stacked. who's who of fighters. And so right now, I think even though all, all of our guys, I believe that we have, we have listed here in our, in our prospects are all ranked guys already. Um, these are all guys. Uh, who one of the, one of them's not. One of them's not, not yet. Ranked. Fine, fine. But or could yeah. be ranked already. Uh, I think all three of these and these guys are all getting opportunities already. I do think that these are the guys that we really have to look out for. And those three that we have listed are Sugar Sean O'Malley, Casey Kenny, and Marav Devalishvili. So out of those someone, three, someone out there is going to be pissed that we didn't that you put Sugar in there, but not Marlon Vera, the one who actually well, has a rank. <laughs> yes. So, um, but I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, so Suga, as we know, has had nothing but amazing first-round knockouts and freak leg injuries. Um, that is essentially the story of Suga's career. So the question is, will he have, will his, I guess, legs be able to keep him moving? And, and that movement, as we know, is, is, is key to Suga's game. But I do think that if he can get his shit together, the man will be a tough test for anybody. And I think he's a sneaky contender to be maybe a, a, a future champion. We just don't know. We haven't seen him against those top level guys yet. Casey Kenny, similar kind of thing. He's also looked amazing against everyone he's fought. I don't think he's lost mm-hmm. in the UFC yet. And he has an upcoming bout against Dominic Cruz. And that's going to be a real big step up for him, a real opportunity for him to boost both himself in the rankings, as well as even more so in terms of just star potential and name, name value. Mm-hmm. Bro, we were wrong. He's all he's not ranked either. Two out of two out of three really? of these guys we have are unranked. Well, he will so those be ranked. Real prospects. These are real prospects. These are real prospects. And then Marav Devalishvili. I mean, this guy, he's Georgian. The Georgian, by the way, Georgians have come out of nowhere. Um, Georgian fighters uh, the last year or so and have really been t- kind of taking a stand. There's a um what's her name? Liana Jojua um is, is a good fighter. She's kind of making her way up. There's some good Georgian fighters that are kind of coming out of nowhere. The Georgian, the Georgian kids where I uh, where, where I grew up, they were they, those kids were tough as nails. There you go. So Marab is just like Mr. Gas Tank. He he trains um, at Alongo Sarah's gym um, with Aljo and with that whole crew. Um, with and, and so it's a very rustling heavy gym, which is perfect for him because this guy gets literally ten to fifteen takedowns per fight. It's insanity how many takedowns this guy has get. This guy gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about the star potential of either of these three guys, or I guess maybe not, maybe not just the uh, star potential, but the fight potential? Um, yeah, I agree. They're huge prospects. I mean, uh, like we said before, the entire top fifteen is just a super stacked list, and like any of the matchups uh, that will occur, will sort of narrow it down. But um, I, I feel like seeing sugar build such a big name for himself and looking at his uh you know his potential and basically you know the level of competition that he offers i i feel like he's probably the most promising name yeah out of that list he's huge for the division i mean like he's a he's a big guy he cut you know he can cut his weight and you know really come in there with that big frame and he he uses his range like a uh like some like you know some of the great boxers of in ufc you know he like really seems to have yeah 
He reminds me like, a lot about Asanya, honestly, in his fight style. Yeah, he, he mm. really knows how to use his range. He's very mobile. His footwork is, like, unbelievable. Top tier uh, footwork and movement. Uh, he's just, we got to, you know, got to figure out whether that leg thing was a freak incident that happens one in a million times or if he has some kind of a compromise. And I know he's had injuries in the past, so it is a real possibility that he's just completely compromised on the legs and needs to figure something out. Um but I also, I mean, Casey Kenny has been looking like he has the same kind of like violent mentality as like, as a uh, yawn does like yawn seems like someone who likes to, he just revels in the violence. And uh, Casey Kenny gives me that impression as well. He's just so like, he's like a wild animal in there. And yeah. uh, you know, he, he looks pissed. He looks pissed when he's fighting you. Yeah, uh, so sorry, go ahead. I, I really, I really like him. I think guys like that really have a, a lot of opportunity to make stars of themselves uh, just by being like seemingly unpredictable and like just you know people like tough bastards when they're fighting um so i could see him you know if he if he beats uh dom cruz in this fight which is you know totally on the table because you know cruz is you know diminished a little bit and he's coming off of some uh, losses but um what do you call it but, but in case kenny is you know looking fresh out there he's a young killer so um i think if he wins that fight i don't know who he's gonna get next you know maybe like a jose aldo or something and they really just push him down into like the top and try and get him into the top five um but i could see him like he's on a rocket you know, ship you know re- yeah he, he can move up very quickly depending on how he his next uh fight goes and he's got he's got uh you know chant material written all over him uh yeah right now for me no. Like champ in the making, rather. Like he needs some time, but uh, no, I, get I, I I agree. I think I think honestly, so Sugar, as we know, I think Sugar's the least, I feel like he's the least known about of the three, just because we don't know how durable he is. He hasn't really taken a lot of big shots on the feet either. We don't know what his chin's like. Um, so I think that's the really interesting fight to look. The guy to, that's I guess biggest I maybe ceiling out of the, out of the three of us, out of the three of them, but also the least known of the three of them. Casey Kenny is very clearly a very good young guy. He's still improving. He's moving his way up. And I think if he beats Dom Cruz, just as you're saying, he's on a rocket ship right mm-hmm. into the top five. Uh, he's maybe two fights away from a title shot, maybe three. Um, I think he, I, I would probably see Casey Kenny as the safest bet to be a top five fighter come the end of 2021. Murab. Um, now, the thing about Murab is that he, look, as I mentioned, takedowns galore. So most guys have maybe one or two takedowns. So there's a, there's a stat, just takedowns per 15 minutes. Most guys, one, two, some guys are really high takedowns, three or four. Marab has a 7.71 takedown per 15 minutes. That's got to be in the top few, top one, two yeah. of the UFC. It's insanity. However, yeah. what does that tell me about him? It tells me he can't hold you down. Because Khabib doesn't have seven takedowns per, per 15 minutes because he takes you down once. And then you're down for five minutes. You might have five attempts, but as soon as you're down, you're down. Whereas Marab, he takes you down, you get back up, he takes you down, you get back up. And it's just that again and again. And what ends up happening is that Khabib-like, he ends up out out gassing essentially his opponents. He can just, he can keep doing that. And eventually they just can't get up anymore. But that's still a really, A, uh, it's a really labor-intensive fighting style. And B, it means that he can't keep the guys down, which means he's not doing that much damage on them. If he has a guy who can throw in a submission, a guy who can defend some of his takedowns, he might run into some real trouble. 
Um, and so I actually, mm. I, I consider Marab, while he might, I can even see Marab beating a guy like Sugar, right? Maybe if he, if, if, if Sugar can't uh, keep that range, Marab would probably throw him around. But I don't see Marab being able to do it all the way to becoming a champion. I think that when he, when he fights those top five guys, I don't think he's going to be able to do that to a guy like, like Aljo. Noted, Aljo is his teammate. They're not going to fight each other. But if he was to fight Aljo, I would go Aljo, Aljo all day. Even if he was to fight like a Corey Sandhagen, I still think Corey would be able to beat him. Um, he'd be able to defend most of the takedowns. And the few times he is taken down, he'd get back up and he'd piece him up on the feet. So mm-hmm. I do think Marab has a bit of a ceiling. Unless he's able to keep these, these guys on the ground longer and do something with these takedowns, I think he's going to eventually get himself beaten as a result of just spamming something that's just too predictable. Um mm-hmm. So I think we're all in agreement that Sugar and Casey Kenny are the top two. So if you guys had to put your, your money on one guy, I, I'm going to actually say Casey Kenny, even though I'm a bigger Sugar fan than I am a Kenny fan, I do think that Casey Kenny is a safer bet on my prospect yeah. to look out for in 2021. I mean, Casey's got the big fight book. He booked, he's uh, clearly like being pushed ahead uh, more quickly right now than O'Malley. Listen, if O'Malley would be, be Vera, different story but he didn't and uh now he's you know he had to take a step back and uh it's been a little while since we've heard of him kenny is exploding through the division he's getting he's getting the biggest fight of his career right now and if he wins it's going to lead to some very big things very quickly so Mm -hmm. i think that he's the prospect to look out for adam i'm gonna say sugar is definitely high risk but with the high risk comes high reward um and I think he just offers the most potential out of those three that we listed. Yeah. No, it's not, I, I don't disagree with you completely. I don't disagree with everything you said, anything you said there. Um, I, I just am going to pick Kenny anyway. But yeah, yeah. I, I, it's close. It, it's, it's close. definitely it's a close one. Mm-hmm. Well, even tougher maybe is picking the champ of this division. I mean, we have now just announced, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but Aljo and Jan were actually just announced finally. It's re, being rebooked for March 6th. So, the winner of Aldrain Sterling and Peter Yan is obviously a, it, obviously the champion, but does that even mean that they're going to stay the champion for the rest of the year? I mean, that we have some other big guys coming up. We have Sandhagen still creeping up there. Yes, Aljo took him out, so I don't think he'd get a, a rematch immediately against Aljo if Aljo won, but he'd probably be one fight away. You look at TJ Dillashaw's coming back, maybe against Jose Aldo. Aldo, of course, lost to, uh, to to Jan. But if Aljo was to win, Aldo and Aljo, I could see potentially fighting. And maybe he can put up a fight against uh, Aljamain Sterling. There's a bunch of guys in that in that 135 division that could very well be champion at the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. I haven't seen uh, you know Jan defend uh, enough that, that uh, I could really say for certain that he will or will not. But he's got some serious uh, contenders coming up uh, against him. Um, I, this one, that's a, it's a tough toss up. I, I, it could be anyone between Aljo, yeah, Jan, yeah, or yeah, Sandhagen. I um, I mean, how about Rob Font? I, I don't know if I could, I don't know if, yeah, it could be. What about, what about Frankie Edgar goes on a, goes on a crazy <laughs> tear, know. but Cody maybe 2021 is the year, the year of the old fucks taking over Frankie Edgar, wonder boy, Overeem, maybe. Right? It's been a crazy, crazy year already. Thing. Yeah. I mean, it's only been a week and it's been a, it's been a crazy year for sure. Check out Smashcast uh, Politics for all. For our, our brand <laughs> Coming new 2022. Channel. Yeah, we'll wait. Adam? Um, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, I don't know how I could make a prediction between these three guys. I don't mm. think anyone would bemoan me for saying I cannot reasonably make a prediction between mm-hmm. the three. It is just like they each get a third of the pie and I cannot say who's going to get the bit you know, the slightly bigger chunk. I'm going to go out on a whim and say that it's going to be one of our veterans and it's either going to be Jose Aldo or Frankie Edgar by wow. the end of by the end of the year. Aldo TJ. Interesting. Yeah. So you say that the Aldo, uh, sorry, Aldrain Sterling, Peter Yan winner is going to lose their first title defense or their next fight, if I guess. I think so. But okay, so I think that's a really interesting, interesting argument. I, to be honest, personally don't agree. I don't see uh, Frankie Edgar beating either Aldermaine Sterling or uh, Peter Yan. I just think that they're both so good. I mean, let's just look at, at, at his ways to beat them. He, essentially, he has to wrestle them. He can't, he's not going to be able to strike with yeah. either of them. And Peter Yan has some of the most underrated scrambling ability in the UFC. I don't think that, yes, Frankie Edgar has been around for a while. I don't think that he has the ability to take, take Yan down and, down and hold him down. And Yan has just such an ability to he has such high level boxing i think he'd be able to to beat frankie and then aljo aljo can wrestle just as well as frankie and can jujitsu better than frankie can i i would really i would lean aljo and and yon over like i would lean either of them over edgar personally um i i do think edgar might get a title shot i just don't think he's gonna win i am going re- to guess aljo personally i think aljo mm. um is going to be able to beat yon i think it's a close fight i do think he's going to be able to get there he can get his back as we know over sanhagen sanhagen is a really sneaky guy i think if 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 yon wins i'd actually say that sanhagen is going to beat yon um however if aljo wins sanhagen is not going to get the rematch this year he's gonna to have to have another couple of fights and they're going to give him a frankie edgar or maybe an aldo versus um versus tj winner and i do think that 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 Aldrain Sterling should be able to defend against either of those guys. Though the TJ one, in my mind, is a little bit more iffy than the uh, Aldo one. The reason that I um, kind of favorite an Aldo or an Edgar is because, um, number one, for Aldo and Edgar, this has got to be like their last title run. Mm -hmm. Like they're quite old and well not not crazy old but um you know they've had a lot of experience yeah they have a lot of uh, fighting experience um and so since this is their final run and at the same time i think there's so many competitive names that like i don't know what's gonna happen like aljo could win against yon and then he could uh, aljo could defend against sandhagen in uh i don't know let's say july or august and, you know, Sandhagen happens to beat him and then Sandhagen defends against Edgar in December or something like that. Like, I, I just feel like there might be some weird mix-up and there's not just one dominant name that will I, remain champion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do think that there w- this is going to be a belt that is likely to be passed on. Mm-hmm. To, I think by the end of 2022, we're going to have at least three different champions in the mm-hmm. next two years in the 135 division. I think it's that it's just a really competitive, competitive division. There's so many top guys. And a lot of those top guys are young. They're improving quickly. And improving quickly also means you have a lot of holes still. It means that there's a lot of ways that people can exploit them. And you can maybe cover that back up, grab the belt back later after you lose it. I think there's so many ways for so many of these guys to win. Um, mm-hmm. It's such an exciting division to watch. It's, yeah. I, think I agree. The belt, the belt will be passed around a bunch. I, I predict as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to 145. Uh, this is one where 
I think we also have a bunch of we have a bunch of prospects. This is not quite as hot as, as 135, but we do have a bunch of prospects to talk about. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, uh, the uh, the uh, the American Jiu-Jitsu phenom, with a uh, you know, I think, I think you could just call him the American. That really says <laughs> it all about him, doesn't it? <laughs> he's a uh, he's a twister king of the UFC. Uh, gone for only actually gotten one um, one twister, but I mean he's gone for more than one. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Hall, another big jiu-jitsu guy. Thank you, Adam, for adding that in. That's another very good name. He hasn't fought in forever because no one wants to fight him. And mm-hmm. you can see why. I'd love to see a Bryce Mitchell-Ryan Hall fight. That is yep. just, oh, that beauty. That's a jiu-jitsu, a jiu-jitsu fans just sweat dream, honestly. <laughs> um, we have a couple others. Josh Emmett had a huge win over Shane Burgos. Uh, he did take a lot of damage. He had a bunch of big injuries. I believe a knee injury. He's going to have to get surgery on that. So, I mean, when he does come back, he's a guy to look out for. I don't see him becoming champion, but I do see him holding a top 10 ranking for a while, maybe even top mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we have an upcoming bout on, on the McGregor card on January 23rd. We have Hakeem Dawadu, Mean Hakeem, our Canadian brethren, against Shane Burgos, who just coming off that loss against Josh Emmett, but that was a crazy fight. Burgos mm-hmm. has some amazing, amazing boxing. He has some decent jiu-jitsu as well. Um, I think the winner of that fight is also a prospect to look out for in 2021. Mm-hmm. Who do you guys have your eyes closest on this year? Uh, I mean, for me, it's. Oh, sorry, yeah, Daffy, you know. No. Oh. <laughs> I, all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go then. I mean, I don't like the guy, but I'll be watching Bryce Mitchell. He's he's beast in there, somewhat. So, you know, so, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a controversial statement to make. Apparently Bryce Mitchell kind of don't like him fucking weird, weirdo, dumb, anti-mask idiot, but you know, he can throw, he can throw those hands and he can fucking, he can grapple the shit out of you and fucking put you into all sorts of weird, uncomfortable positions. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be interesting to get like, a, a complete fucking moron uh, in like a champion position where they're going to be like talking to the media all the time. And like, we get to have like all sorts of dumb audio clips, like uh, like a Tito Ortiz. So yeah, I'll be keeping my eye on him because I'm sure he's got plenty of funny shit to say in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that although... goes out to that one guy who didn't like when I made fun of, uh, of Bryce Mitchell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he sent you to hell on those um, in those youtube comments that was great oh <laughs> no the youtube com- oh, oh no. dang it adam um although he hasn't fought in a while i'm gonna say ryan hall just because i he's a very just plainly just a very smart guy and he has incredibly high fight iq <laughs> well, it, it oh, the contrast. Oh, the contrast. <laughs> it, it translates to the fight game. Like, I think he just has incredible fight IQ, and his jujitsu is just his jujitsu is like crazy. It's yeah. probably top five in the UFC, but he also has incredible striking too. So I feel like uh, he's the most promising name for me. Yeah, I think Ryan Hall is probably the, most, the guy with the highest ceiling. The problem is that we just can't get him a fight. No one wants to fight mm-hmm. him. So if we, get, if we get him some good fights, I think Ryan Hall probably has the highest ceiling out of everyone we mentioned here. Bryce Mitchell, very, very good grappler. But we saw in his last fight, he actually got beaten on the ground a little bit. In some, in some parts, he ended up winning the fight, but was quite close. Was not nearly as, uh, as dominant as his win over Charles Rosa. And so Bryce Mitchell, I think, but I think we've, he's been exposed a little bit. Um, and, and he doesn't have as quite of a high of the ceiling as I thought he did. Uh, Hakeem Dawadu is very, very good, very, very 
just clean, striking, crisp. He's he's mean. He goes after you. Fun fighter to watch. Same with Shane Burgos. I just don't see them being champions. I do see them both again, along with Josh Emmett, holding down some top ten positions. I just don't see either, uh, either of those three becoming champion. Uh, I don't. I definitely don't see Bryce Mitchell becoming champion. Ryan Hall. We just don't know. Uh, as you're mm-hmm. mentioning, he just. He has amazing striking. He has an even better jujitsu. Some of the best in the world. And and when I'm saying best in the world, I don't mean in, in best MMA jujitsu in the world. I'm saying best jujitsu period in the yep. world. Um, and 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 so he is a sneaky contender. You never know what he's going to do against anybody. He can just pull a pull a rabbit out of the hat, kind of like t, like a, a T City Ortega can. Um, mm. And with and if he has that striking to back back it up, he's a tough guy for anybody to beat. However, when we're looking at the champion. At the end of the day, I don't see anybody beating Volkanovski. I don't care if it's Max Holloway on the third on the third bout. I don't care if uh, if Ortega, even the Ortega 2.0, as amazing as he looks against a Korean Zombie, I just think that Volkanovski is something else, and I think he's going to hold on to this belt for the rest of the year for sure. Yeah, he's he's one. Of the most, he's he's the most underrated fighter that oh, we have right now. Absolutely, and, and no, you're you're part of that underrating usually. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, definitely. I, I still I still think that that uh, second Max Hollywood fight was controversial. It was tough. It, it could have gone either it way. Was, it, was, it was a toss-up on that one. I think that mm-hmm. Max Holloway absolutely has what it takes to build himself back up and take that belt. But it's not going to be easy, and Volkanovski absolutely has a very high chance of I mean, like, listen, how the, the odds, the odds are the odds. And most of the time when somebody loses that second, that second trilogy fight is usually a good preview of how the third uh, fight's going to, going to go. So um, it's probably going to be Volkanovski by the end of the year. It's hard for me to see anyone taking, you know, you taking them out, but um, I don't know. It, it, I guess I, I'm not going to write off anyone in the top three because between Zabit, New Ortega and uh, Holloway, uh, I mean, these are fighters that you can't write off. So I still think, I agree with you, it's going to be Volkanovski. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any movement there. I think that he has so many, you know, things that he can do to win fights against so many different kinds of fighters. He's very good, very adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, very well-rounded. Yes, mm-hmm. extremely well-rounded. Um Maybe not offensive. There's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a joke about his weight <laughs> yeah. somewhere in there. But, he was uh, well-rounded, but he's kind of slimmed down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think he'll keep it. I think he'll hold on to it. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, well, uh, the 155-pound division is a little bit different. I mean, this is one of those where our prospects and our contenders – are very very different just because it's such a stacked such a packed in division with so many huge names that fights don't get made quite as quickly the division doesn't even seem to move as quickly and as fluidly as some of the other divisions do and there's just so many top guys that it's impossible so let's talk about some prospects first um we've had we have three prospects that we identified here that we think are that haven't yet broken through that are really i think on the verge of breaking through so i'm going to start off with Raphael Fazayev or Fazeev, I don't know exactly how you say it, but this man trains out of Tiger Muay Thai. I believe he's actually Peter Yan's striking coach, believe it or not. Um, some of the best Muay Thai striking I've seen in the UFC, the way he knocked out Moicano with that vicious body shot into the right hook and then the, that delayed left hook. Oh my God, that was brutal, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Moicano tried to, to go and, uh, and, and contested the decision, no, the stoppage and couldn't even stand up. 
I mean, it was it was just incredible. And he's looked great in all his fights. He has amazing scrambling ability, a great uh, wrestling defense. He's a guy to watch out for. And I think he might be ranked right now in right, right around 15. I'm not fully sure. Um, Islam Makachev, we all know, has been a prospect for a couple years now. He hasn't quite gotten those big breaks we thought he was going to. He's supposed to fight uh, against who was he supposed to fight a few weeks ago? Um, RDA. RDA. And, mm-hmm. and, and that fight got, got moved and then canceled. And then Paul Felder stepped in last minute. Um, but again, this is mini Khabib, or not mini Khabib, I guess early Khabib. Khabib is really pushing him as the next Khabib and the next guy. I don't know if he's quite at that he level. Puts but... him, he put him up there. He said, Khabib recently said the three best guys in the division are it's Connor Poirier and uh, Islam. Yeah. And Khabib, you know, he, you could argue that maybe he's putting on his own his I'm own sure guy there. But Khabib, Khabib's also like a guy who I think will call him like he sees him. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that I don't think he'll say something unless he truly believes it. Um, there's a joke about some darker stuff that he said about a month ago, but uh, we don't need to go there. That's for the um, MMA politics podcast. And then uh, lastly, the, uh, the third guy is another actually striking coach. However, this man is a striking coach of, no, of none other than Alex Volkanovsky and Israel Adesanya. This man goes by the name of Brad Riddell. Brad Quake Riddell is a beast. He comes out guns blazing. He's got, as we, as you would expect from Adesanya's striking coach, incredible hands, incredible striking, great awareness, great, great feints. Um, he's a little bit more, I guess, blood and guts kind of fighter than Adesanya. He does get hit a lot more. He isn't quite as fluid, as slippy. But again, he has great hands. He has great awareness. And he's a guy to watch out for. He also, I believe, has a fight booked in the ne- uh, either next week or the week after brad riddell um, who's he fighting next big question but he's also undefeated in the ufc uh which is obviously awesome i cannot usually it just pops up when you type their name and who the next fight is but maybe, i maybe he doesn't have another, it i thought he had a fight booked in the in, in like oh next week or two shit if he does i don't see it is that like next week even? Jesus, we're off our game. We are. <laughs> we're a couple of billies out here. We're out to lunch. I can't find no. it. I guess maybe he doesn't. Maybe I was wrong. Well, regardless, when he does come back, back he is a guy to keep, to keep your eyes on. He is definitely, uh, at, the very, at the very, very least, a fun, fun guy to watch. So definitely keep an eye out on Brad Riddell. I, I love, you know, an angry little man is always fun to watch. So out of those three, who do you guys call your prospect, your guy to look out for? The guy with the highest, I think, potential, or you would say potential to end off 2021. It's hard for me to put a lot of doubt into uh, Khabib's perspective on a fighter's ability. So uh, I guess I'll say Makashev just based on the fact that I don't think that he's just the kind of guy who would, you know, just like give props to his teammate just because if someone's, you know, when someone asks him who are the best fighters, the fact that he even named like, like if he was just trying to name people he liked, he would have, he could have snubbed uh, uh, Connor easily and said uh, Gacy or something, but he didn't. He could have said Oliveira just based on what he said. He didn't. He said who I think he thought were the, were the three best guys. I find it and interesting, by the way, he put- I trust the, Mm, he put on. Poirier over Gaethje. I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's probably considering how, you know, Gaethje was 
like Not ineffective against against mm-hmm. Khabib. But uh, Poirier, I mean, Poirier got him into that very tight choke. Who on a lesser fighter would have tapped? Oh, anyone, mm-hmm. anyone but Khabib, he would have gotten yeah. with that with that yeah. with that guillotine for sure. Mm-hmm. Adam, so, who, who's your guy? So Makachev for Noah. Maybe not so, Tony. He might not have got Tony with that joke. <laughs> he might have put Tony out, but he wouldn't have tapped. No tap. <laughs> no tap. But to, to, he might have put Tony's out, but Tony's body would have still been active somehow. Tony's body would have elbowed him in reaction. <laughs> um, yeah, so I agree that Khabib putting, uh, like, getting the word out there, saying that he has a lot of confidence in Islam, like, I think it means a lot and, like, holds a lot of value to that. That being said, Islam hasn't been nearly as dominant in his performances uh, like Khabib has. doesn't mean he's a bad fighter. I still think he's a fantastic fighter, but mm-hmm. uh, th- there's just a complete different level between Islam and Khabib. So for that reason, I'd probably go with Rafael Fazayev. I His fight was uh, against Moikana was crazy and yeah. super fun to watch. So I'd probably say he's uh, one of the best prospects to look out for. Yeah, I, I feel like I do have to give the edge to um to 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 uh to Makachev just because I feel like again it's kind of a safer bet. I think a he mm-hmm. that we do know a bit more about him. I think he's underperformed, if I'm being honest, compared to mm-hmm. what hit and not that he hasn't performed well, he's performed fantastically. I just think his ceiling is so much higher than what we've actually seen from him. Um, especially just given what everyone talks about him in the training room. I've heard DC talk about him in the training room and it says he's just something else. We just haven't seen that come out. I think we've heard similar things about Zabit, and that also hasn't quite come out in the octagon. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if we can see, if he if he kind of unlocks that full potential, he can be a top five, even one fifty five pound champion. Mm-hmm. We just don't quite know yet. Um, I think, I just think Fizayev doesn't have the well rounded game that the other guys do. Um, I think he's incredible striking. I just don't I just don't think he has the wrestling offense. And I think when you don't have wrestling offense, it does change things quite a bit because it allows your opponent to get a little bit more comfortable on the feet. And when we're talking about guys like Connor or, or guys like Gaethje, I think that these guys, when they don't have the wrestling threat to worry about, are going to be able to really put up a fight. I don't know that I don't know who I'd fa- I think I'd probably favor Gaethje or Connor over Fazayev. That's not saying that Fazayev couldn't beat them, but I do think I would favor the other two guys over him. Um, whereas with with Makachev, I would also favor them over him, but that's more because I don't know what he is. As um, and and I think if we see a bit more of Makachev's dominance, we could even imagine him beating a a Gaethje or a Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, potential in uh, well, in all these guys, but Makachev absolutely has a uh, a lot of uh, unknown potential right now that uh, we can really you know see come out in this uh this year now that Khabib is uh out of the picture yeah so moving into the champion at 155 this is another really kind of difficult discussion because I mean Khabib it looks like won't be the champion by the end of 2021 at the very least if he's coming back he's not coming back for more than one fight so I I'm I left Khabib off this list if you guys disagree with me you can, you can no, like, no. fucking he's he's not coming back he's not coming back for long enough to be the champ at the end of 21 so when mm-hmm. looking at who will be the champ, I think Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier have to be on that list. There's no question about it. Justin Gaethje has to be on that list. Charles Oliveira has to be on that list. Um, who am I missing here? Uh, Islam Makhachev has to be on that list. These it's are all on the table. We're getting some Michael options. Chandler. Michael Chandler. How am I, mm-hmm. how am I forgetting Michael Chandler? Of course. Uh, and, Dan, and of course, Dan Hooker. So I think those mm-hmm. are the main guys that we're going to have up here. Um, the way I, I kind of see it here, 
if Connor wins, I can see him maybe fighting once more for the belt. But once Connor has the belt, I'm a little bit worried about him leveraging it into a Manny Pacquiao boxing match. And what? Connor? No. And so I won't hear I won't hear I that kind of slander. I wouldn't be shocked if Dana actually strips him and says no you're not holding up this 155 pound division anymore it's been held up for too long with this whole weirdness and i can see him being stripped i'm i can also see connor holding on to it and ending off the i think it's a really really tough tough discussion here um Mm -hmm. i don't know i actually don't know who i who i see i'll let you guys go first for the end of this for the end of 2021 i have no doubt he will be champion like you think I am finished the year champion. Yeah, I am. I I feel like almost one hundred percent confident that he will finish the year champion. I get the feeling that this time around he wants to be super active. Whether that means having a boxing match somewhere in the mix of this year, I, I don't know. Uh, but I get the feeling that he wants to say uh, stay super active at one fifty five and maybe even one seventy as well. Um, but yeah, I I'd, I'd go him for sure. I mean, I think he's going to beat Poirier, um, sadly, to my uh, to my dismay and to the extreme satisfaction of my very casual fans who have never heard Poirier's name once in their lives. I think he's going to win that fight. Um, I think the question, yeah, it comes down to how active he chooses to, to be. Because, um, I don't know, it's tough. Like, I, I could maybe see someone like uh, Oliveira taking him down and, uh, you know, do, having a being very successful on the ground. Uh, yeah, you know, that that's a very real possibility at this point. I mean, the most recent showing we've had of Connor is the Cowboy fight. And that, you know, arguably was a fight that Cowboy should not have been in, was not really equipped for. Um, so, you know, we don't know exactly where Connor's at right now. I mean, certain things, like his boxing is obviously like, that's not something that just like, diminishes. You know, that, that's not that's not how that works. But um I think that there he's got some tough challenges uh, if he gets the belt and defends because that's also the big if is if he defends. Um, Never so, defended before. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So I don't know. I don't know who's gonna live, finish the year as champion. I would say maybe I'm I'm gonna say either either um, because here here's the tough thing. Also, I'm thinking I was thinking maybe Oliveira could finish the year, but just because Gaethje couldn't beat and look, you know, fairly pretty ineffective against uh, Khabib, it doesn't mean that he can't beat these other guys. I mean, like, Poirier beat him, but he gave him, like, the fight of his life. And Mm -hmm. uh, Gaethje is getting better. And, you know, he doesn't have to worry in his uh, next fight against about that takedown pressure that Khabib provides. Um, And he can just go in there and do his thing and just fucking throw down. So, tough one, but... um, Sadly, I, I don't know if Poirier if Poirier is gonna be champion. I think that the my most likely are are gonna be either Connor, uh, Oliveira, or uh, or Gaethje. I'd like to see the, Oliveira though. I'd like the, to see a fresh face. Mm-hmm. The reason I think it's gonna be Connor to such a degree is because he's the best counter striker in the UFC, and every single one of those top five fighters are just punching machines, and like. Uh, whatever happens they're they're still feeding into that counter punching technique yeah i i see what you're saying there i think what's going to happen i do see connor unfortunately beating poirier even though i, I actually would like poirier to win that i really love the guy like poirier is mm-hmm. and i would love to see him get that huge win and then that 
of course, massive payday that follows in maybe a rematch or maybe just whatever fight, whoever he fights next. I do see Connor winning that. And then I think, I think that Dan Hooker is going to beat Michael Chandler. And because I think Dan Hooker is going to be Michael Chandler, mm-hmm. I don't think that the winner of that fight is going to get a title shot because I think if Chandler won, he'd get a title shot. But I think that mm-hmm. Dan Hooker is going to win. They're not going to give him a title shot because he just lost to Poirier. They're going to have to give him one more fight beforehand, which mm-hmm. means that the winner of Gaethje against Oliveira is going to probably face Connor uh, for the belt. That's what I see happening. So I don't know who I edge in that Oliveira versus Gaethje. It really depends on how good Oliveira's jab can, get, can work and if he can get Gaethje to the ground. If Oliveira can get past past Gaethje, I do see Oliveira being able to beat Connor. Not, I'm not saying that Oliveira right now would beat Connor. I'm saying that if I if I watch Oliveira fight and beat Gaethje, I think anyone that can beat Kate Gaethje with all those tools that Oliveira has, it'll just show that his tools are up to that level where he can also beat Connor. So I will mm-hmm. say that if Oliveira wins, it will be Oliveira at the end of the year. If Gaethje beats Oliveira. I see Connor beating Gaethje, no matter what. I think that Gaethje does not have the, I think he has a chin, but he doesn't have the, um, he, he, just gets, he gets hit too much. And Connor has that one punch knockout power. Connor gets hit, but not to the level that Gaethje does. Um, I do think that mm-hmm. Gaethje has obviously crazy power. Connor has a chin. Um, it's underrated, but I think he does have a chin. I can see, mm-hmm. I think that Connor would beat Gaethje. So I'm going to say either Connor or Oliveira. I think the safer bet is Connor, but I think Oliveira has a very real chance of after all these years in the UFC and then on this crazy, what, eight fight winning streak now, if he can get past Tony and then Gaethje and then Connor, I mean, damn, dude, what mm-hmm. an amazing, I mean, he's up at Tony that's, level. Yeah. Right. And Tony the, on that 11, 12 fight winning streak. Mm-hmm. And then Oliveira will be at that point on 10 fight winning streak and a champion craziness. Mm-hmm. If uh, if Oliveira can pull that off, then the hell, what a what a what a legacy beat, and, you know, and, beating and by the Poirier, way, Connor, geez. I think the fans, including myself, would be calling for an Oliveira Khabib fight because of Oliveira's style. He really mimics Tony Ferguson in his mm-hmm. style, except he's a younger version of Tony. He's a guy with less mm-hmm. miles on the clock than Tony, even though he has been around for a long time. He hasn't taken the damage that Tony has. Yes, he's not as weird as Tony, but he has those crazy <laughs> darses you know, the Darce Knight rises. He has the job. He has the mm-hmm. elbows. He's able to cut Khabib. I think Oliveira is a fun guy to watch and could be a sneaky contender for a Khabib beater. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move into 170. Uh, 170 is another interesting one. We don't have anyone that really stands out at 170 except for the obvious, and that is the 15th ranked Hamzat Chemaev as a massive prospect, of course, with that huge fight against Leon Edwards that is going to be rebooked for the third time uh, or fourth time, who even knows at this point, but it will be rebooked. If he can get past Leon, obvious title shot, and he's on a skyrocket, he's on a rocket ship. Other than, other, uh, this is a big if, of course, other than, other than Hamzat, we have Chaos Williams and Michelle Pajera, who just had their fight a couple weeks ago. I think both of them still are big prospects to look out for. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and then other than them, we also have Michael Chiesa, who's been surging at 170 since he made the move up from 155. He has a big fight against Neil Magny. If he can get past Neil Magny, he's just a couple fights away from a title shot. And finally, Muslim Salikov. Not a lot of people are talking about this guy, but he is a very good fighter. He's, he's coming off a bunch of big wins, including one over Elijah Zaleski dos Santos just a couple months ago, um, who was another guy that people were excited about at 170. Muslim Salikov is a, uh, I believe he's a, um, a Sambo, like a gold, a black belt or 
master of sport or whatever they call him out, out there in Sambo. I don't, I don't even know, but he's very, very high level. Mm-hmm. He's Dagestani. He's another guy that we have to watch out for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You got to, got to keep an eye out on those Dagestanis. Always, those always. Beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the cut of, uh, of, of Pajera's, uh jib. He's, uh, he's fun, entertaining, jumping all over the place, doing crazy shit, but he can get his shit together. And when he does, He's a, he's, a, he's a very dangerous, highly technical fighter uh, who, you know, is much... I think that he does a good job of really lulling people into a sense of, uh, I'll beat this dumb fuck doing weird, stupid shit. And then he comes in there and he can do that weird, dumb, stupid shit and smack you upside the head. And then he can also throw, like, some very technical uh, striking yeah, at you. are so good. Oh, yeah. He, mm. he's, he's so uh, quick. He's so athletic. Yeah. He's... Big strong guy for the division too. That oh, one seventy, those one seventyers, I think, are like the peak UFC physique. Those guys mm-hmm. have speed and power, and they are easily the scariest. Yeah. Fifty-five uh, to eighty-five, I think that whole range. Those three yeah. divisions. Yeah, just some very well-rounded uh, physical fighters. But Kamzat's um, hype train has died down a little bit for me. Honestly, I feel I don't know about you guys, but. He's just been off for a while. These fights just keep getting delayed. And the further away we get, the more far removed we are from his entrance, the more clearly we can see that his opponents weren't anything special. Um, You know, he beat his opponent. He beat guys that, like, could you tell me that the guys he beat, if Leon Edwards is fighting them, that it wouldn't have been just as easy, if not more easy. And then you add in other things like Leon Edwards, two has like a, an eight second KO one punch in the UFC. Like it seems a lot like a, the gap is become much further and I'm not going to contest that comes out is a hot prospect who has a lot of potential and likely will be like, will stay in the ranks even maybe could be a champion someday. But not yet. No, there's the hype. The hype has died down. I, I will substantially. For me. I will just quickly say, just uh, this is just a perfect example of just like UFC fighters, us UFC fans have very short-term memories. Um, <laughs> and when you saw Hamzat coming out, you're like, oh man, he's a he's crazy. He's so good. We haven't seen Leon forever. Who we forget about Leon? Hamzat's huge. And then after a while, Hamzat hasn't fought in a while. You're like, all right, no, 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 Hamzat's not that great. Leon, Leon really was the real deal. <laughs> I think I think that's more like. Uh... I mean, sure, yeah, UFC fans it, have short memories, but I think I think it's, but I don't think I don't think it's an unrealistic. Oh, I don't think it's unreasonable by any say means. that Kamzat's hype has died and that Leon is absolutely like has is like okay. my heavy I, favorite to win that fight. I agree with you 100. I just think it's just a very classic. All all UFC fans in general just have oh, short term yeah. memory. There's there's always um like short term bias. What, what do we call it? Um recency bias. Recency bias. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's huge in MMA in general, both from the fighters and the fans. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Yep. You know, things always look a little different in, uh, in hindsight. I mean, frankly, I think they should book another uh, Tito, uh, Tito Chuck fight. I mean, it wasn't so bad. And then, you know, in hindsight, I, it, it was fine. You know, Chuck got some. Well, I don't remember did, it. So uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, it was fine. No, just I don't think one. he remembers it either. <laughs> no. And I remember either guy, to be honest. <laughs> um, Adam, who's, who's your, uh, who's your contender to watch out for in 2021? At 170. Um, Michael Chiesa. I feel like his his jump from 155 to 170 was huge for him, and he Necessary. has said repeatedly he feels incredible at 170. 
He looks like um, 170. Yeah, looks much better. And I, uh, yeah, I feel like he's really going to break into the top five, maybe even top three by the end of the year. Yeah, I'd love mm-hmm. to see him fight, if he, especially if he gets past Neil Magny. And I think he will get past Neil Magny personally. I, I, th- I think that he's a guy to watch out for. I think he, uh, him against any of these, I mean, look at the top of the, of the, of the list and it's all wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So we're talking guy who can wrestle really, really well. He can keep up with the other guys. And do you think that he has that you see Kamaru and, uh, and Colby, the real big, high, big name wrestlers at the top of the division, that what they don't have that Kiesa has is the jujitsu finishing skills. When like, you don't see Colby and Kamaru finishing a lot of guys, maybe with some strikes and maybe just tiring them out, but you don't see them submitting guys. Mm-hmm. You see Kiesa submitting guys and you see him riding them and dominating them, not just kind of, not Khabib style riding where he just kind of pulls them back down or Colby style. He, he's attacking the whole way through. And I think that's something that we're, we do, we're not used to seeing in 170. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to mix things up and be a really interesting matchup against any of those top two, top three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, then who do you guys think is going to finish off the year at 170? I mean, we have, of course, the uh, we have Kamaru, who's been extremely dominant. Personally, I don't see anybody beating Kamaru. Um, and that includes the Colby rematch. That includes the Jorge rematch on a full count. Um, the only person I think ha- has a chance against Kamaru is actually his next opponent in Gilbert Burns. I think Gilbert Burns is the biggest challenge for Kamaru. If Kamaru gets past Gilbert, I see Kamaru being the champion at the end of the year, 100%. If Gilbert wins, honestly, I can see him being the champ at the end of the year. I actually think that Gilbert might be the champ. Of, I think the winner of this fight is going to finish off the year and is going to be the champion for quite a while, maybe unless the other guy comes back and takes it. Um, so I'm actually going to say the winner of the Gilbert Burns-Kamaru-Usman fight. I'm going to edge Kamaru just because it's safer, but I think Gilbert is a very live dog in that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want, it. I want to see Wonder Boy. That's no of secret. Course, yeah. Everyone <laughs> knows that I want to see Wonder Boy. He's, uh, he's a great fighter, great... Uh, great legacy um fun to watch i really want to see uh his striking prowess get uh and he looked recognized. so good against neil against oh, uh, he looked phenomenal in his last fight but kamaru and gilbert are like the two best guys in the like business. do you really see no like, doubt no realistically doubt. do you see kamaru usman losing to steven wonderboy thompson um, like, do you see that if, if they fought do you, i think no, it, i think I, it's a pretty I, tough match to be I honest think, yep yeah, I, I think that if kamaru wins i think that it'll be uh He'll wrestle fuck him. It'll be it'll be boring. Well, Wonderboy has incredible takedown down defense. He does, but and, and he outstrikes Kamaru every day. The, I yeah, mean, Kamaru yeah, yeah. comes in with some serious power, but it doesn't Wonder matter. Wonderboy's sticking moves, sticking moves, sticking moves. Yeah, he can't touch Wonderboy. Then you know, that's it. He's got to he's got to like seriously blitz him. Like uh, you know, really the only times that he's lost you know in recent memory when he gets you know major power blitzed. So it can happen. And yeah, it can happen easily, but uh, you know it'd be a tough fight. It'd be a tough fight, but uh, because I don't genuinely think it'll happen, um, you're uh, you know I think it's been a while since I've seen Gilbert out there, but uh, I think that he's got a very good chance uh, in there. He's I mean I, if I recall last time I saw him, he looked phenomenal. Um, I mean that was to be fair. Who did he fight last night? It was Woodley. Um, yeah, but before no Woodley, but before he, he he destroyed Woodley, he destroyed Damian Maya. And mm-hmm. when I, when I say destroy Damian Maya, Damian Maya took him down, got his back. If Damian Maya gets your back, it's game over. And mm-hmm. by the way, I think he probably should have beaten Kamaru Usman, except for some reason the referee took him off of Usman's back, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, regardless, mm-hmm. though, Damian Maya gets your back, it's over. 
and Gilbert escaped the back, got back to the feet, and knocked him out on the feet. Gilbert Burns yeah. is some of the best jujitsu in the world. His striking is yeah, caught yeah. up. He's fighting. He, he's fighting under Henry Hooft, I believe. Um, is it Henry Hooft? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. with or, uh, with Michael Chandler and uh, uh, Kamara was at that camp originally. Yeah. So I mean, Henry Hooft is an amazing striking coach. We he does not need jujitsu uh, coaching. So Kamaru taking him down, go for it. He'll choke you out. So Kamaru's gonna have to stand with him. And Kamaru's striking while it's good. It's not amazing. And Gilbert's is pretty good as well. I can see this fight going either way, really. I, I think the jiu-jitsu is really going to make the, the difference. I think Gilbert's a better striker. And then I think that Kamaru gets him on the ground. And I think Gilbert can get the better of him. I think Gilbert very well take this fight. It's hard to say because Kamaru has this air of invincibility about, uh, about him. But um, and the gas who- tank of the EPO yeah. gas tank of what? Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> anyone who's going to do it? I think it's Gilbert, and I think that uh, he'll hold on to the belt if he wins. But now, whoever holds on to this belt, uh, it's going to be one of these two. I don't think anyone's going to come in and surprise anyone. Yeah. Well, we do have a repeat prospect when we go from 170 to 185, and that is again Hamzat Shemaev. In fact, you can oh, argue wait, uh, he's more of a 185 prospect than he is 170. He only has one fight at 170, and it was against a guy who was making his UFC debut. Whereas at 185, he has two wins, one against the veteran, Gerald Mearshart, and it was a one-punch knockout. He's a real contender at 185. And in fact, he maybe probably should be ranked at 185 as well. Mm-hmm. So Hamza is definitely a big prospect at 185. We also have Kevin Holland on a five-fight winning streak, sorry, five fights in 2020 that he's won. Um, Joaquin Buckley. And of course, uh, sorry, Adam, I can see you're about to say, no, Adam, go ahead. No, I, I wanted to make my champion prediction for 170. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. No, 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 all good, all good. Okay, it's one of two things. Number one, Michael Pereira by donkey kick, taking the belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or number two, extremely bold prediction, Connor, 170 champion by the end of the year. I think in That's order for Connor cool. to be 170 champion, Jorge has to beat Kamaru, and then Connor will, be, will face Jorge and can beat him. I don't see Connor fa- beating Kamaru any time, ever. Mm-hmm. Can't ha- Maybe he can beat Gilbert, but he cannot beat Kamaru. There's no way. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, 185. Yeah, so as I was saying, sorry, Adam. Um, no, no, I'll go. Of course, Kevin Holland coming off five wins in 2020. Amazing, amazing uh, guy. I mean, coming off a big win against Jacare Souza, knocking him out, out from his back. And now mm-hmm. he has um, – does he have a ninth of the fight booked against Brunson, I believe? So that's a great fight. Mm-hmm. If he wins that fight, he's really, really up into either a title fight or like a number one contenders fight. So Holland's a guy to really, really look out for. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Buckley coming off two big knockouts. Um, of course, everyone knows the Impa Kasanganai one. He had another one a couple weeks later against, I think it was Jeremy, uh, Jamie Malarkey. Maybe it was someone else. And that was the, yeah, that was someone else against Jamie Malarkey. Um, I don't remember who Buckley knocked out the second time. It was another great, great knockout. And he's fighting again next week. So Joaquin Buckley is active. He's fighting a lot, which means that he can actually work his way up the rankings if he keeps on doing this. Dana likes him. Mm-hmm. The fans know him now, and they might give him some favorable matchups so we can see some more of those big knockouts. So Joaquin Buckley is definitely a guy to look out for. But, of course, it is important to note that Holland did face him and knock him out clean earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other guy who no one's really talking about, but it's just this is, this is not a guy who's even in the UFC, just a guy to look out for at 185 in general. I'm just curious where his career is going to go. The guy goes by the name of Alex Pereira. Now, Alex Pereira is the last kickboxer to knock out Adesanya. Adesanya was winning that fight. He was clowning a little, and he pay, got and he got left hooked 
out cold and he paid hard for clowning little he should have you know stuck to his guns a little bit more and not done that but Alex Pereira is a real real dog um this man is only coming into the into MMA now though he's 33 years old he is he's one to know he's knocked the guy out but you never know what kind of wrestling defense a guy can put together and if you stand up with him it's over so he's a guy to look out for yeah. I think he's interesting but in terms of the UFC I think my prospect has to be Kevin Holland Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at yeah. the guy coming off five straight wins, he has, I, I definitely favor him against Brunson. He's long. He has long, long arms. He's got power from every position. He's got good enough jujitsu to, you know, go to the ground and hold his own against Jacare Souza. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a guy you need to keep your eye out mm-hmm. on. And, yeah, and I, of I course, agree completely. And of course, Dana likes him, which is always a help. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the fact that he wants to be more active than he was last year, um, I think it's not only a fantastic idea, but we'll just keep, uh, like, just keep continue to build his experience. So, yeah, I'd say he's probably the most promising fighter at 185. Noah, who's your, who's your prospect? Are you agreeing with us? Oh, it's Holland. Gonna... Yeah, no, it's Holland. It's Holland. That's the obvious pick. There's no one else. All right, well, let's go into champion. So champion's a bit of an interesting one. So it's here, Adesanya is our current champion. I, the question... I don't think any of us here, I mean, I don't see Izzy losing. I don't, th- I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if you guys agree with me. Izzy's not going to lose to a 185er this year. However, the question is if he's going to be at 185 long enough to even hold the belt at the end of the year. If he's moving up, up to 205, if he wants to hang out at 205 or at heavyweight for a while, he might just vacate the belt. Um, so I'm going to say, other than Adesanya, maybe we're talking an interim belt. I can actually see that being very much the case. Who do you guys think mm-hmm. is gonna is gonna have it? I'm my prediction is potentially Whitaker with the interim belt at the end of the year, or I think you can see Kevin Holland facing and maybe beating Robert Whitaker before that happens. Marvin Vittori is a guy to look out for as well. Darren Till is a guy to look out for as well. Um, but I, I I personally am going Kevin Holland um, or, uh, or 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 Robert Whitaker for the interim mm-hmm. belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the end of the year. Uh... I'd say Holland's got a good uh, a good shot. I think I agree with that matchup. An interim fight between Holland and Whitaker by the end of the year probably makes sense and it's pretty realistic. I think actually what you can do, I mean, right now I believe they have Vittori against Hill uh, might be might be in the next matchup. If you do like Marvin Vittori against Darren Till, and then you do like a, uh, if Holland beats Brunson, you do like a um, a Whitaker versus Costa. And then the question is, do you give the Whitaker if Whitaker beats Costa, you do Whitaker against uh, against either Vittori. If Vittori beats Till, you do Whitaker Vittori for the for the interim. If Till beats Vittori, I think you do Holland against Whitaker for the interim. I don't think you do the Till Whitaker rematch quite yet. I think it's a bit early for that. But I mm. think Vittori is a guy to look out for. In fact, you can never you never know. You might even see Vittori against Holland before Whitaker, while Whitaker fights Costa, and then the winner of those can fight for the interim belt. But I think those are really the guys that we see at the top of this uh, of this list fighting it out while we wait mm-hmm. for, Izzy, for Izzy to return to uh, 285. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving up to 205. Now we're getting a little bit uh, a little bit more a little bit fewer guys out there. You know, as, as you go to the heavier weight classes, you don't quite have as many prospects. So at 205, we only have two guys here, and both of these guys are both have very, very, very big fights lined up in the near future. We have Yuri Prohaska, who is supposed to be taking on Dominic Reyes in the future, and we have uh, Alexander Rokic, who is supposed to take on Tiago Santos in, up in March. So these are both huge opportunities for Yuri and for Rokic. 
to really stamp their name in that top five and, and be, and yeah, we're right now they're prospects, but if they win those fights, they're no longer prospects. They're contenders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So who out of Yuri and Rocket, who do you got, who do you guys think have, has a higher upside? Who do you think is more likely to become a champion? I would say ideally match those two up sometime in the year. And then winner of that makes the most sense. So my, my, yeah, seems reasonable. Yeah. My, my issue with Yuri is that he has crazy power, like a lot of the 205ers, but he doesn't seem to have defense. He's very wild. Um, and I think that at, at, when you're fighting guys like Dominic Reyes, like uh, Tiago Santos, like John Jones, maybe like Izzy Adesanya, maybe. And even like uh, Jan Blachowicz, of course, you're going to pay. I don't think that Yuri is going to go. Yuri might knock a bunch of these guys out, but he's going to get knocked out by the end of the year. I think I don't see Yuri finishing the year without losing. If he fights more than twice, if he fights three times this year, Yuri's getting knocked out is my opinion. So I think Rockic has a better upside. I think he Rockic has a better ground game right now. Um, again, he was, he isn't unbeatable. He was beaten uh, by, I think Ozdemir a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, who, who, Split who, decision, who, granted. Yeah, it was a close fight, and Yuri did knock out Ozdemir right after that. So again, that is a little bit of an up that Yuri has that um, uh, that 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 Rockage doesn't, but mm-hmm. he did it wildly, and so yeah, he might have gotten quote, not lucky, but again, you're always running the risk of getting yourself countered. And I think when we're fighting these top level guys like like Santos and Blachowicz, who can counter like no one else, he's gonna. He, he, I think I think Rockage has a better upside and we saw him manhandle anthony smith on the ground for quite a while mm-hmm. he's clearly mm-hmm. got a ground game that can at the very least he can handle guys like or maybe hopefully can handle guys like santos on the ground or maybe even a glover to share on the ground yeah mm-hmm. just gonna have to wait and see uh yeah i'm liking rocket she's uh seems like he's got a lot of promise mm-hmm. What about champions? This is also interesting. So currently, if we have Jan Lachovic, who's been one of the most underestimated, underrated guys ever in the UFC, who when, when, when he fought Reyes, it was almost a formality that Reyes was just fighting him just to get the belt because eh, he needs to fight somebody. And mm-hmm. Lachovic knocked him out and brutally. Um, now we have Izzy Adesanya coming up to 205. He seems like the clear favorite over Blachowicz, but you never know. So we can see either of those guys winning, becoming champion, and then defending. We don't know if Izzy's going to defend at 205 if he does win. We don't know if John Jones is going to come back to 205. And, and of course, Glover Teixeira is still waiting in the mix there, waiting on a title shot that he does absolutely deserve. Mm-hmm. So out of those, I think, three guys, maybe if you want to include Tiago Santos in there, though he did this lose to Glover Teixeira. Yeah, maybe. Who do you guys see? ending the year as champion. And I guess we can include John Jones in that discussion if you think he's going to come back, which I personally do not think he's coming to 205 yeah. in 2021. No, I don't no, I'd agree. I, I don't think he returns to 205 at all. Mm-hmm. I, um, I wouldn't be shocked if you're, if you're correct there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, this is a tough call. Um, I, I mean, the big first question is obviously who's going to win Izzy uh, Um and I think we all lean Izzy here. I think we do. I think that yeah. the consensus for most people is uh, is Izzy, but uh, you know, uh, Jan's nothing to uh, nothing to slouch at. I mean, he, exactly. he, those, I mean, his those body kicks are uh, are devastating, and um, you know, Izzy's tough to hit, but he is hittable, and it doesn't take too much for uh, for Jan to really put well, something out. Two hundred five. But but uh, you know, Izzy's a striker like none other in the division. 
Nobody there has faced anyone who, you know, is even remotely like him. And he has fought at these higher weight classes before too. He has experience. So I think I'm going to edge, I edge Izzy always because he's no matter who he's fighting, he's always coming in with the experience bonus. And then you add to the fact that he's fought at these higher weight classes and had success there in the past. Um, I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to, uh, to Izzy in this one. Uh, I think, I think that he could uh, very well be champ by the end of the year. And um, I mean, I'm thinking like if he's fighting a guy like, uh, like, like Glover, you know, for example, it's a tough question whether or not he could like put him out uh, because we've seen Glover come back from like the dead many times. But, uh, you know, that damage does catch up with you eventually. Absolutely. And as invincible as someone can seem, you know, Tony, for example, that damage catches up to you. Um, I, I think that I think that Izzy could make pretty good work of the uh, of the light heavyweight division this year. Adam. So I definitely lean Izzy in his upcoming fight. The only thing is I'm just not sure what he does from there. And I think that's sort of what's, uh, exactly. uh, that's the contingency of like what, what the year uh, will end up with and who will be 205 champion because I can't really see him defending against Glover or uh, a Santos or something not like that. Name, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, may- maybe they just let him hold on to the belt while sort of 205 works itself out a little bit, and maybe there's an interim champion thrown in there at some point, but um, I'd, I'd lean Izzy. Yeah, so I, I was I, I had a very similar take. I think what's going to happen is that Izzy gonna, Izzy's going to win, and then he's going to fight John Jones. Maybe he fights him at heavyweight, but he's going to fight John Jones next. And so what I think is going to happen is Izzy's going to end off the year as champion with Glover Teixeira ending off the year as interim champion. Uh, and I think he's going to fight the, uh, I think if, if Rockich beats Santos or I think he's going to beat, he's going to fight either Rockich or Yuri Prohaska. I think he's going to beat them because I think he's going to take them down and do exactly what to them, what they, what he did to Santos. And mm-hmm. he's going to become interim champion while Izzy goes up and faces John Jones as the uh, undisputed champion. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's finish off the men's weight classes with our 265 hour heavyweight division. So we have, again, not a ton of prospects, but we have two prospects that we found stood out to us. One of them is the obvious, Cyril Gaon, knocking out JDS in his last fight. He's a 250 or so pound monster that moves like he's 180. He's got power, he's got speed, he's got leg lock submissions on the ground at at heavyweight, that's crazy. Um, And the other guy that we have, up there is uh it's tom aspinall tom aspinall hasn't had a lot of fights in the ufc he's quite new but he has shown some very fast hands he's shown some very good um just potential and so mm-hmm. he's coming up he has a fight against andre arlovsky in a few weeks and i think that'll be a really good um uh, indicator for us about whether he still has it because andre while he it doesn't have a chin anymore to like he used to while he isn't at all the guy he used to be he can't be at 46 or whatever mm-hmm. he's a guy that has enough veteran tricks he's found a way to win a lot of fights that many people thought he shouldn't just like that tanner bozer fight so i mm-hmm. think that if he can get past andre Arlovsky, he's a guy to look out for mm. yeah um i think that gone is still my favorite uh prospect for sure um, i agree for for 2021 he's just such a breath of fresh air for the division and mm-hmm. he's bringing in a lot of skills that historically when guys come into the division with the same kind of skills he, he has they uh they excel and they rise to the very top. So um, it's going to be interesting. The only problem that's in everyone's uh, course is the Nganu problem, because it doesn't matter how good you are. 
he is, they have found a way to create the perfect man. Who? <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yoel Romero is a perfect man. Ngannou is the second. I love you. If, 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 if he's so perfect, how come he's not here anymore? Boom. Um, <laughs> I'm about that, but okay, that's a, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, Gon's my my prospect for the year. Guy to look out for. Possible champion by the end of the year too, in my opinion. Possible champion. So I guess if, uh, Adam, do you agree? It's all gone. Yeah, I agree. It's all gone. I want to say um, he doesn't have a fight booked, but I wonder if Alexander Gustafsson will have any more fights at uh, heavyweight because I think I think he has a lot of potential there. I think um, you know he sort of got unlucky fighting where Doom and um, got into that leg lock submission, but I feel like he would be uh, pretty uh, promising in a lot of other fights at heavyweight. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a very uh, it's a hipster argument, but I, but I, I like that. It's a very I didn't think think about Gustafsson. I think if Gustafsson does want to come back, he's a guy to look out for. Of course, I don't I don't think really can really call John Jones a prospect, um, but he's also a guy to look out for a heavyweight, obviously coming yeah. in. Um, so that goes into our heavy, our heavyweight champion discussion. Of course, currently we have Stipe. Um, he's coming off his trilogy against DC, but of course DC is now retired. So he has a fight, not quite booked, but it should happen hopefully in April against Francis Ngannou. I don't know who you guys see winning that. Personally, I actually edge Ngannou, even though Stipe has yep. done everything he has. I think he's gone through too much punishment and Ngannou is just such a beast. Um, this hits so hard. I think mm-hmm. he's going to beat him. But then you have John Jones potentially coming up if he doesn't fight Israel Desanya. You have maybe Israel Desanya coming up. You have, of course, as we're mentioning, um, Cyril gone looming in the in the corner there. So who do you guys see ending off 2021 as a UFC's heavyweight champion of the world? Um, I think Stipe fares better against Francis than you guys think. I think that I think Stipe can get the takedown and hold him for the whole fight if he wants to. Uh, I think that I think that Stipe, like listen, if Ngannou lands his his shot, I think it could be over. But Stipe could just have it his way the entire fight like and if he does if he starts going that way there's gonna be very little that Ngannou can do I think that Ngannou beats um Jones I think that Jones I I, I don't think that Jones is uh as prepared for that kind of that 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 style of fighter who can just windmill you into uh annihilation I don't think think that yeah exactly uh I don't think that he's prepared for the um the the huge size and strength difference of the of these opponents I mean he's going to be for the first time like for one of the first times his um Jones's size isn't going to be like an asset for him because other guys have that comparable uh size and frame and you know but they're more used to fighting with that they're they're big blown up sizes Mm -hmm. um I mean, Jones could just dump Ngannou as well. I wouldn't write off his wrestling, of course. But Jones, uh, you know, if you look at his last few fights, he's just look, he's looking very defensive. He's looking uh, very, you know, much more hittable than he once was. And, um, you know, he, I, I'm sure when he gets in, when his first fight is go, it's going to be a five-rounder. Uh, he's going to be a headlining fight, obviously. So maybe he can ride his gas tank out. But um, I see Ngannou knocking him the fuck out much easier than I see Stipe, who already knows what so to then, expect with Ngannou. Okay, so who do you see ending the, the, the year as champion then? If you say, if he's a, a and Stipe beats Ngannou, but Ngannou beats Jones, but Jones beats Stipe. 
Yeah, fighting's weird like that, huh? So how do you see it playing out? Who do you think is going to end I, off? I think Stipe is champion by the end of the year. It's so tough for me to see. Like, yeah, he's taken he's taken damage, but like this, like the guy is still he's still fully in it. He he himself is like, I don't know why the fuck everyone's saying I should. You know, I'm planning on retiring. I'm not going anywhere. You know, he's he's in it. He's with it. He's ready to go. Um, he's had a lot. He's had time off to uh, to really recover from the damage he's taken, and um, I just don't think that anyone presents as big a threat to him at the weight class as Cormier did, and he dealt with him, you know, ex- expert in an expert fashion. Yep. So I give it to Steve. Adam, um, I'm gonna edge actually in Ganu. Um, I think he's going to be extremely active this year, especially if he wins against. Uh, Stipe because that's something that he he's always like shown his intent to do he wants to be an extremely active fighter but his biggest problem uh is that he wasn't able to get a fight with uh like the champion uh post fighting Stipe the first time yeah um so I feel like once he is champion if he's able to get that belt he'll fight a lot throughout uh uh this year and you know hopefully end the year's champion but I, I would probably edge Ngannou yeah I, I'm gonna agree with you Adam I I, I would edge Ngannou as well um I think that Izzy and Jones are going to be too preoccupied with each other. And even if Jones does fight Stipe, uh, sorry, Nganu, I do think Nganu is going to knock him out, just like Noah was saying. And, and as I was saying, I agree with Adam. I think that Nganu would also beat Stipe. So I see Nganu winning this in, in this uh, heavyweight belt in April and then defending it once against, I don't know if it'll be a Stipe uh, in a rematch or maybe it'll be a Jones, but I do see that Nganu, I think Nganu is going to end off the year's champion. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've lost Noah. However, we still have myself and Adam. So uh, we're going to go into our into our women's divisions, and then we will do a little preview for next week. Um, women's 115. So this is obviously the most exciting of the women's divisions. Uh, we mm-hmm. have, this is the one that's gotten the most attention and the biggest names and biggest fights. Right now, uh, we have Zhang Weili, of course, as a champion, but we have some prospects coming up. We have Tatiana Suarez, who hasn't fought in what seems like a year or so, but she's mm-hmm. very, very, very good wrestler. She's kind of the Khabib of MMA. The question is really her injury status. She's had a lot of neck problems. She had neck problems back when she was wrestling, and it's continued in MMA. The question really is, can she be healthy enough to fight often? And if she is healthy enough to fight often, I do think she's going to really, really put it on some of these girls. Mm-hmm. Uh Mackenzie Dern has had some amazing wins, some amazing both, both striking and jujitsu. She's a woman to watch out for in, in all aspects of the game. And our other big prospect to look out for is Yan Xiaonan. She hasn't had a lot of, uh, I guess, hype behind her, probably because she's a foreign fighter. She doesn't speak English. So there's not a lot of, um, she's from China. So there's just not a lot of hype behind her um, in the US. But the UFC wants to push her. They're really pushing that Chinese market. And if she goes... And, and, and she has one more big win. She's on the shortlist for sure for a title shot against Zhang Weili. And a big fight in China uh, between two top women's Chinese fighters would just sell huge. And the UFC would market the hell out of it. So mm-hmm. she's definitely a, a girl to look out for. Who do you have as your prospect for 2021 to look out for? I would say Tatiana Suarez for sure. Like you mentioned, the biggest factor is will she be healthy enough to fight? If she is, it's, I'd give it to her all day. Um, another big name, Nina Ansaroff, uh, Amanda Nunes' uh, spouse. I, she she went just, on a little bit of... Who just lost to Tatiana, by the way. Right. So she, she went on a little bit of a tear before her fight with Tatiana. Um, 
And then obviously she had uh, her baby. So she's been out for a little bit, but she's another decent name. But um, isn't she booked? Isn't she booked for a fight now? Oh, yeah, she is. She's fighting somewhat soon. Um, I think so. Nina and Saraf. Next fight. Oh, Mackenzie Dern. Ooh, oh, that's wow. a great, great fight. So then the winner of that is our is our, is a real prospect to look out for, and it really is a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I that. I, yeah, I was just gonna say her, Mackenzie Dern, but I would say Tatiana Suarez probably leads the leads the troop. Interesting, because I actually have. I, I'm actually just a guy. I think Yan Xiaonan is really, really, really good. Um, and I think that just because of her background, because she's Chinese, because we have a Chinese champion right now, and because the UFC is really trying to break into that Chinese market, I really think that they're going to give a good push to her. And I think she's, she has a real chance of becoming champion for that reason. Especially if Zhang Weili loses the belt, I think they're going to want to replace and have another Chinese champion if they can. So she's going to be pushed up there into a title shot. And even if she is, if, if Zhang wins. I still think she'll be pushed into a title shot against Zhang for a live event in China. So I'm going to actually lean uh, Yang Zhang Nan. She's mm-hmm. also undefeated, I believe, in the UFC. So oh, okay. Chinese fighters are just are, are really good. They just haven't had a lot of push yet, and I think they will have a lot more promotional push in the future. Um, now, in terms of the champion, this is also an interesting one because, as we said, we do have Mackenzie Dern coming out and Yang Zhang Nan coming up. Both have a very real chance. Tatiana Suarez, if she's able to stay healthy, is one fight away from a title shot as well. Um, however, it does think people do think that the next deserving fighter for the belt is Rose Namajunas, and her against Zhang Weili is a very interesting fight. Zhang is she's gritty, she hits hard, she's super fast, she blitzes you. However, she is a short range fighter. She doesn't fight mm. at at range at all. She has to get in close, and then she just her hands fly. Rose mm. is a stick and move, dance on the outside, pick you apart kind of fighter. We saw what she did against Andrade in that first, but before she got slammed, I don't see Zhang Weili slamming anybody. Not or maybe taking them down, but not slamming them on their head. So Rose against Zhang Weili is a brilliant fight. I don't know who would win that. Yeah, I'm quite torn between because uh, Zhang Weili's just improvement has been incredible like uh she has had such a great push by the ufc and she is only getting better and better so i'd say f- to end 2021 it's one of one of those two i agree i just don't know who <laughs> i think well it also depends on if they give rose the fight because we, we all know yeah. dana is being dana and there's some confusion <laughs> and there's some debate about whether or not she's going to get that next fight i think if rose gets that next fight i think it's a winner of that fight was going to end up being the champion at the end of the year Unless there's a rematch, you never really know. I, but it's got to be one of those two. Um, mm-hmm. Even though Jan, as I said, is is up there. Tatiana, I don't think I just don't actually expect her to be healthy enough to fight that that often. I I, I I'm if I had to gun to my head, if I had to pick one person, I would say Zhang Weili, um, especially because I don't know if Rose is going to get the fight. But mm-hmm. I think Rose is a very 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 real chance, and Mackenzie Dern is always out there lurking in the corner. You want and Jacek as well. Yep. arguably beat Zhang that first time and if she works her way up she's probably one fight away from another rematch with that so I think that can happen as well mm-hmm. now up in the higher women's weight classes we don't have quite as many uh, contenders uh, not quite, it's not quite as, uh, as competitive of course we have Valentina Shevchenko who I don't even think we have to bring this up 125 champion who is going to be the champion at the end of the year 
It's Valentina. Valentina. Same it, for 135. It's going to be Amanda. It's going to be Amanda. But uh, people look out for Joanne Calderwood has, has had some good wins. And then before she lost her, uh, her title shot to um, who she lose to? Was it Chukagian or was it someone else? Honestly, I can't remember. I, I yeah, Liz or someone. I don't even remember. But regardless, JoJo is in line for another title shot. Macy Barber coming off that knee injury. If she heals up, never know. Could work her way up. Pose a bit of a challenge for Valentina. Um, and Tonina Shevchenko, Valentina's sister, has shown some good uh, improvements in her ground game, especially. So she has a chance to win as well. I just don't see anybody beating Valentina. I don't even know really what we can say about this other than that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't have much to add. Yeah. Um, in 135-145, I think the only person that can really challenge Valentina for that 135-pound belt, sorry, that can, uh, uh, ch- sorry, challenge Amanda Nunes for that 135-pound belt is actually Valentina. I do see Amanda beating her in the rematch because I think Amanda's just bigger. Amanda's just stronger. I know that Valentina did put up a good fight in that second fight. But I think that Amanda's gotten too good. I think when he looked at the way that Jennifer Maya was potentially stronger than Valentina in some areas, I mean, physically stronger, Amanda's definitely going to be way stronger than her in those same areas. I just don't see Valentina beating this version of Amanda. Yeah, to to each their respective weight classes, I say Valentina will remain the 125-pound champion for a long time and same to Amanda Nunes at 135 and I guess 145. Yeah, the, other, the only person I would say look out for at 135, that's just an interesting conversation. She's not in the UFC. She was just signed to the PFL. But Clarissa Shields, the Olympic, a two-time, I believe, Olympic gold medalist boxer. She's 10-0 in boxing, making her UFC debut sometime in 2021 uh, in the PFL. If she's able to string together some good wins, get some wrestling defense, she's training out of Jackson Wink, which is a fantastic camp, of course. Um, they're the guys that brought Holly Holm out of boxing into being a world champion UFC fighter. So that's a good move. She's a really interesting person to look out for. Of course, she I don't expect her to fight for a UFC belt in 2021. I don't know if she'll make mm-hmm. the UFC. I mean, she won't be eligible to be in the UFC until 2023, probably. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with her. But she's someone to look, keep your eye on. Her, yeah, on. she's very young, so she has a lot of promise. And she's very athletic. Um, she's not uh, just a pure boxer. She's, she's a very athletic boxer. And I think that's very mm. important for someone that has to learn wrestling and jujitsu in a short period of time and kicks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when, if you've seen her videos of her kicking, the, obviously she does not look like a UFC fighter, but as someone that's never kicked before, she looks quite good. Um, she's mm-hmm. definitely got some natural ability. So I'm excited to see her, her, uh, her progression in MMA if mm-hmm. she devotes herself to it enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we had a couple of just general uh, MMA predictions for 2021. Um, I was just going to say, I think that Stipe is going to retire at the end of the year, especially if Stipe loses one fight. I think he's going to retire. I think actually after the Nganu fight, win or lose, I actually think Stipe might retire unless he's promised a John Jones fight after mm-hmm. Nganu. If he's not promised John Jones, I don't see why Stipe is going to continue fighting. He has a family. He's taking forever in between fights. He, um, he's got a, he's got a, a second job that he cares about a lot and he works full time. I, I, I don't see Stipe staying around for the, for the, uh, for 2022 personally. No, I'd agree. He has nothing left to prove. He is one of the, or, you know, arguably the best heavyweight fighter in UFC and combat sports history. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I agree with you that if he beats Nganu and if he has promised a Jones fight, he'll fight that. And then that'll be it for him. Yep. 
All right, what's your prediction for 2021? Uh, more of a wish, but still a prediction. Uh, GSP Khabib, I hope by the end, maybe right before GSP turns 40, we'll get the dream matchup at either 165 or 170 or something. I doubt it would be at 155, but um, just a matchup between the two would be ideal for me. <laughs> so actually, let's go on that um, just for a second. So everyone knows about this legendary, uh, uh, this legendary conversation that Dana's been talking about for months with Khabib coming up just in a, in a week or maybe even this week in Abu Dhabi. Mm. So what do you think the contents of that conversation are? Do you think that Dana is that, that Dana says he has something up his sleeve, something special for Khabib plan. Do you think that is that GSP fight? Obviously, I would you wish so. that's what it is, but yeah, that, that's what I wish. I would think so. I mean, you could give him, you could give Khabib, you know, $15 million for a Connor two fight. I don't think he takes it. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't take money no matter what. Yeah. It, I don't think money is what affects him. He can make money however he wants. Right. It, what intrigues him is, I think that, you know, that legendary status and the competition. And I think GSP, frankly, is the only one that could offer that. I, I can't see any other matchup. He's not going to fight Kamaru. He's not gonna, he's, I don't think he fights at 155 again. Like, I feel like it would be at a catch weight or 170 or something like that. Um, but yeah, it would, ha- it would have to be a legendary name. And I can't think of any other than GSP. So I don't think it's, it's necessarily just the fight that is going to be discussed here. Uh, Khabib just bought this Dagestani MMA promotion mm-hmm. that he renamed Gorilla MMA promotion. I think he really wants to, pr- to preserve his father's legacy and continue his father's work in bringing Dagestani MMA to the forefront of the world. And I think what's going to happen here is he is Dana is going to offer him something big with his MMA promotion. So it's going to be a fight pass um, deal for sure. I think it, and, and maybe um, he might get some of his buddies signed. Um, maybe he'll have, he'll get Islam a title shot or something. I think he's going to do a lot of work to try to promote Dagestani MMA in general. And maybe even a PI in Dagestan, that'd be crazy. Can you imagine a UFC PA, a PI in Russia? Oh, man. <laughs> like, so I think that if, if Khabib can get, if, if Dana was to offer Khabib some of these things, and in return, maybe Khabib come back for one more fight, I can see Khabib taking that. I don't think it's Khabib's, I don't think it's the money or the personal um, anything that's really going to uh, convince Khabib to do anything. I think it's the, it's his father's work and, and, and the let, and um, sorry, just continuing, I guess, Dagestani MMA and, and developing it, which is what Khabib really wants to do, what he stands for and what his father stood for that can mm-hmm. convince maybe uh, him to stick around for one more fight or do something for Dana, arrange some sort of deal there. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we have a fight next week. It's been three, four weeks since we've had fights in the UFC. The UFC is back. Uh, January 16th, we have Max Holloway taking on Calvin Cater in our main event. Really, really good main event. Calvin Cater ha- has not lost in the UFC other than his one loss, Choose a Beat, where he came on hard in that third round. And I think if that had not been thir- a three-round fight, he would have destroyed his beat. Um, I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see this fight. Max Holloway with, of course, also one of the best boxing games in the UFC. I think this is just top-level boxer against top-level boxer. I'm yep. really hyped about this fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not sure who I lean. Um, the striking out of that New England camp with Cater and I think Rob Fonts also from there is like oh, incredible. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but I mean, Max is also next level. I mean, he's one of the best featherweight champions in the world or former featherweight champions. And I want to say I lean slightly towards Max, probably a little bit out of favoritism there as well. Um, 
but I think he just has the slight edge, a little bit more experienced and maybe a little bit more prepared coming into the fight. Yeah, so lo- looking at the odds, um, I actually agree with the odds. I was expecting myself to disagree with him. So what I expected is like a max, as like a two and a half or three to one favorite over Cater. Max is a minus 150 favorite. Okay, so, not, so like not pretty easy, clear favorite, but moderate. And mm-hmm. I think that's the exact way it should be. He, he should be the favorite. Um, but I think Cater has a real chance to win this fight. And I, I, I agree. Plus 130, minus 150. I think that's perfect odds on this fight. I lean Max, but Cater has, is a real live dog. I think we also haven't really seen Cater in a five-round fight before. And so I think mm-hmm. that's also where Max progresses. Max is okay in the first two rounds. He just builds. If Cater can stop him from building with his power, I think he can really cause some problems for Max. Um, and I, I, but if, if Max kind of, if, if, if he, if he lets Max kind of build his momentum, like he usually does, like he did in that Ortega fight, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, the other thing is that Max has taken some damage, a lot of damage, actually, right? He's, he's been around for a long time. He's had some, he's had, he had some wars. He had a war against Pori. He had a, he had a couple wars against Volkanovsky. though. I don't think he took too much head trauma in those fights, but he definitely took a lot in the Poirier fight. Um, he's been around for a lot for a while. He's he's lost to Connor. Um, I, I you never know as we as we say when the uh, when the floor is going to drop off from under you. And as a fighter, it doesn't always happen gradually. Sometimes just overnight, it's over. Right? We look at Tyron yep. Woodley overnight. All of a sudden, wasn't the same guy. Um, that could be the same thing that we're gonna we might witness with Max. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm not proclaiming to you it's about to happen, but it's something that I think you need to keep an eye out on. And I think if Cater gets past, gets past him, it'll be interesting to see where Max goes from there. Yeah, it's, I think, uh, a big factor is the 145 pound cut is huge for him. Um, Max is a huge guy. And um, I, I know we spoke about briefly, you know, a couple podcasts ago about him at 155. And I think we both sort of agreed that, um, you know, he maybe doesn't have the most uh, potential there. But I, fu- I, I think I kind of realized why. I was listening to, um, uh, big John McCarthy's podcast with uh, Josh Thompson. And they said, it's not easy for fighters just to jump up a weight class and fight um, one time, like Max jumping up and fighting Dustin Poirier mm-hmm. um, and not properly putting on the weight. The way that he uh, trained for the fight was instead of just cutting to 145, he just cut to 155. But somebody like John Jones, who's now properly putting on the weight to get to, you know, over 205, that's, that's somebody who's going to be more prepared. So I think if Max took the time and built, you know, built up his muscle mass a little bit and maybe got a little bit heavier uh, and tr- like consistently trained at a good weight for 155, I, I think he holds more promise there. So I think it's an interesting conversation because you also, on the other hand, have people say who say, no, no, that's, that's not how it should be. Adesanya is a perfect example of that. Who's saying, no, you should not be putting on weight. Right. You should be fighting at what you always were supposed to be fighting at. And he's going to go up to 205 and saying he's not putting on any on any any uh, any muscle, any any extra pounds. Uh, if you look at Luke Rockhold, when he went up to 205, he put on too much weight, and he, he wasn't the same fighter. He was heavy, mm-hmm. he was sluggish, he didn't have the the movement he used to at 170. Sorry, at 185. And so, just because you're really good and maybe you're struggling to make a weight class, and I don't think that you can necessarily be the same fighter when you put on that those extra pounds it can very much change your fighting style. Now that might be an okay thing for Max, but he also is a guy with a lot of movement, a lot of cardio. When you're a cardio guy, putting on weight isn't always a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think there's a difference. Like somebody like Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman, I, I feel like they didn't, you know, properly train at a 205 weight beforehand. It's it's not a it's a matter of them just instead of cutting to 185, they just cut to 205 and no, the cut's no, no. easier Luke for them. Luke Rockhold was huge. Luke Rockhold put on weight. Luke Rockhold put on 20, 30 pounds easily. Did he? I, I guess I, oh, I don't know. Like, if you look at Luke well. at 205 and you look at look at 185, it's a different man. It's not oh, okay. comparable. Hmm. So and I don't he was know. talking I, about I think, it too. In fact, some oh, okay. people said he might have put on too much weight, such that the 205 pound weight cut was too difficult again. Was oh, something was arguing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, e- either way, uh, I think uh, you know it, there's there's still potential for Max if he loses this fight, uh, whether that's at 145 or a different weight class. But um, at the end of the day, I'd probably still lean lean Max for this uh, upcoming fight. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I agree. I will lean Max, but I think Kate is a real live dog, and I I, mm. I wouldn't be shocked if Cater pulls this one off. If it goes to decision, I'd say Max will win, but I think Cater can win it within three rounds. I think Cater can win it. Mm-hmm. I think he can put we can put Max away, and that'll be a big a big boost to his potential. To yeah, start, for sure. Star potential. Um, in our co-main event, we have another great fight in uh, Matt Brown against Carlos Condit. This is a throwback <laughs> fight. I mean, look. To be honest, I am not actually that hyped about this. I don't care too much about the old guy remembering fights, like the throwback fights. It's not really mm-hmm. my thing. Um, I want to see young up-and-coming killers, and I want to see the top level of the game, and I don't think that Mark, Mike Brown um, again, and Carlos Condit are at that level anymore. But I'm sure it'll be a very fun, fun fight. Matt Brown, sorry, not Mike Brown. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. They're both veterans of the game loser should retire winner should retire as well um they they don't have anything left to prove but you know yeah Condit looked okay in his last fight fight, right he had some he he did have some good range management he had some good fakes some good jabs Condit could I think is he is a favorite minus 160 he should be the favorite at the end of the day though I don't see him having any sort of top five potential so I always say, if you're not going to be the champion, what are you fighting for? If you need the money, it's one thing. If you don't need the money, get out. Mm-hmm. That's my personal yeah. view. Um, in addition, other great fights. Santiago Ponzinibbio has not fought in over two years. In fact, I have actually never watched him fight live. He is taking on the Leech, Leech Young, um, who is another great fighter. I think he might, have, he might be coming off a loss, but Ponzinibbio, from what I've been told... Big power, um, fast, just really, really exciting 170-pound guy. I don't know what, what, why he's been out for two years, though, and what he's going to look like. Ring rust is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember his knockout over Neil Magny was crazy. I'm excited to see him fight uh, again. Um, I would definitely lean Santiago just because he, he's the type of guy that shows he's got a lot of like hunger for the game. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel like he'll, uh, he'll get the fight. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a minus two and a half. He's a two and a half to one favorite, and I think he should be. Um, I mm. think we both lean Santiago in this fight, um, mm. but I think it's gonna be a really fun fight to watch. Other l- last two guys to look out for: Joaquin Buckley and Phil Farrell Haas. <laughs> uh, these two guys are both coming off big, big knockouts. Buckley over two two big knockouts. Uh, Phil Haas an eighteen second knockout as soon as he got into the UFC. His very first fight in the UFC was an eighteen second finish. So I think both these guys are gonna be exciting. I think both these guys were probably being are probably being fed guys that the UFC thinks they can potentially knock out because they want to continue this this um, the hype chain around them, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. so I think that these guys are both going to have fun fights, good fights to look out for. I think it's going to be a fun, a fun return. It's not a super stacked card, but it's decent. It's an okay fight night. The Wednesday card is a little bit worse, but this first fight night back, it's a good, it's a good opener to 2021. Yeah, for sure. Exciting fights. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add on before we uh, call it uh, an episode? No, it's there are some great matchups coming in 2021. I'm very excited for. Um, sounds like it'll be a big year in yeah. UFC. Like it seems like it is every year. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and just last thing to, to mention, uh, UFC on ABC this year. I don't know oh, if you hear about this. It will be on ABC coming up on this Saturday. So that, that's an interesting one. It is still an arm of Disney. Um, so it is still kind of ESPN. They still have Sports Center kind of pushing the fights, but it is a little bit different that they're com- returning to some cable television, uh, not just ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, then, for Noah, who's no longer here, for Adam and for myself, I am Rowie. We will see you guys next week on Sunday. Thank you guys for listening. See you.